0: The opinions expressed by the hosts and guests on the Cyberspace Sanctuary do not necessarily reflect those of the ownership and management of the Blake Radio Network. Mm -hmm.
1: Cyberspace is the place that only a human being locates. Where there's so much information to take, there you enter an entirely new phase. Once you get on the internet, become the World Wide Web. It's a Welcome world 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 to, to the Cyberspace
0: Sanctuary, a safe house for you your mind. I'm your host and facilitator. Junius Ricardo Stanton, inviting you to stay tuned for interesting interviews, news you can use, and programming designed with you in mind. Free your mind, the rest will follow, right
1: here on the Cyberspace Sanctuary, on the Blake Radio Network, bring Bowl, Bowl Cyberspace is the place. Cyberspace is the place Vessels break against a rippling white-capped foe. Magnificent wood, wrapped silently around royal undertow. Lush clouds tear silver islets. Muddled shadows, blue echoes, shaded pain.
2: Rhythmic sway. Spine crushed against a grease-lined board through Eel Gore's door. Can't go back no more.
3: The Mars, Louisa, Tiger, Venus, Fish, the Africa.
0: You're listening to the Cyberspace Sanctuary on the Blake Radio Network with Junius Ricardo Stanton. Stay tuned. Welcome to the Cyberspace Sanctuary, a safe house for your mind here on the Blake Radio Network's Rainbow Soul. My name is Junius Ricardo Stanton. I'm your host and facilitator. And as always, we thank you for logging on. We thank you for your support. thank you for carrying us with you on your mobile and portable devices. We started off today's program with a snippet from the Broadway play Bring in the Defunct. And you heard Gore Island Slave Ships. And that sets the stage for our guests. In our program today, which is the audio of a tour that was taken by the Civics, Mathematics, and and Science Charter School at the Lest We Forget Slavery Museum in Philadelphia, co-founded and co curated by Joe and Gwen Ragsdale and we'll listen to that following these messages so don't go anywhere you're logged on to the cyberspace sanctuary a safe house for your mind on the blake radio network's rainbow soul We'd like to welcome everybody checking in from Real Media Player, from Windows Media Player, from iTunes. We want to encourage everyone to log into our website, which is blakeradio.com, and become familiar with how you can access our broadcast directly from our website. And vice versa, those of you who check in directly from the Blake Radio Network, become familiar with how you can also access us through Real Media Player, through Windows Media Player, and iTunes. By logging into their radio tuner guides and doing a search for us in the talk radio genre. You're listening to Rainbow Soul Talk Radio at its best. Hi, I'm Junius Ricardo Stanton, inviting you to join me in financially supporting the Blake Radio Network on a regular basis. We need your continuing patronage to help the Blake Radio Network remain alive and thriving both now and well into the future. There are several easy ways you can send your contribution. To use PayPal, click on the help link on the Blake Radio Network's website at www.blakeradio.com. Or you can go directly to the PayPal website and click the send money link, type in rainbow soul at blakeradio.com as the email address, and Unlimited Ventures as the payee. Then, follow the instructions. To send a check or money order, make it out to Unlimited Ventures, care of Neil Blake, and mail it to 73 Ireland Place, that's I-R-E-L-E-N-D Place, Suite 109, Amityville, A-M-I-T-Y-V-I-L-L-E, New York, 11701. Easy, painless, and uncomplicated, and you'll feel great after doing it, knowing you're keeping the Blake Radio Network alive and on the cutting edge of media technology. I'm Junius Ricardo Stanton, thanking you in advance for your support. Junius Ricardo Stanton here with some truly great news. The Blake Radio Network has officially released the new Rainbow Soul iPhone and Android apps worldwide. Now there is also an HTML version for all other cell phones. The apps can be accessed from www.blakeradio.com on the Rainbow Soul page or directly from the iPhone App Store or Android Market. These apps will allow you to lock in exclusively to the Rainbow Soul broadcast with a touch of a button. These acquisitions complete the development and release of all the apps for the Blake Radio Network family of channels, which includes Rainbow Soul, the All Talk channel, and Music Massage, an eclectic mix of R&B, jazz, soul, and reggae slow jams for your listening edification and entertainment. So take full advantage of this opportunity for connectivity and mobility by downloading your respective app from your source. Continue listening to the Blake Radio Network's Rainbow Soul and Music
1: Messiah Peace, this is Professor Griff. You're listening to Junius, Ricardo Stanton. Straight up, we're teaching you all those things you need to know from the neck up. All right? We're definitely doing a checkup from the neck up. This is Professor Griff from Public Enemy, the ex-minister. I'm out. Peace.
0: As I said... We're going to listen to the audio from a recent tour. I had the pleasure of visiting the Lest We Forget Slavery Museum in Philadelphia located in the Port Richmond section of Philadelphia and I was there while a tour was being conducted for the Civics, Mathematics and Science Charter School in Philadelphia and you'll hear the audio from that. So stay tuned.
4: Uncle Bob died uh, in the um, early 50s. And uh, um, my husband, when he got to be in his 20s, he wanted to go back down south to see if he could find a home that he had spent so many fond memories with Uncle Bob. And initially he had a hard time finding it because a tree had actually fallen over on it and tree branches and everything were going out of the uh, uh, window but he's because he was familiar with the area. Uncle Bob also kept a trunk in the rear room of his house. And for years he would tell my husband, Joey, you stay away from that, from that trunk. And you know, as a kid, he wanted to tell you to stay away from something before you're curious about it, right? He said sometimes he would go by and just flip the lock. hoping maybe the top fly in, but it never did. So now that my husband was an adult and he found the house. Once he got inside, what do you think the first thing he looked for was? You got it, the trunk. And guess what? He found it. We're going to have an opportunity to see that trunk and some of the content that were inside that were in it at the, the time. One of the first things he noticed was a jacket. The jacket was from the Civil War. Now, what made it even more intriguing is that it was a Confederate jacket. Now, why would a colored man? Oh, the colored man has a Confederate jacket. In his uh, anybody read that? I saw your hand, there, sir. No, because I'm tired of being once a slave, but for what I've been Absolutely, absolutely. And again, I'm glad you know that. That's a great answer, and thanks for sharing it with me for making sure that you're familiar with in this information. So you're absolutely right. Um, <laughs> okay, Uncle Bob oh. told oh. told uh my my husband in that store that. Massa took him off to the war and made him a soldier. Now, initially, they made the colored servants. They didn't start giving them guns until towards the end of the war when they realized they were losing. Them. And they expected the colored soldiers to fight the Union Army. But by that time, the colored soldiers realized it was the Union Army that was trying to free them. And it was the Confederates that were trying to keep enslaved. So here we have that oral history. And we have this dad. Now, unfortunately, my husband was new to collecting. And he did something that they tell you to never do: collecting 101. Never put anything in a plastic bag. But right. he was preserving it, but it was already moldy and, and, and pretty much eroded. And leaving it in a plastic bag just made it worse. And it just ended up a bag of mush. And he ended up discarding it years later. He often gets himself and says, "I just wish I had saved the buttons from that jacket." How? how um, important it would be to be able to share those. But there was something else in that truck that really got his attention. And that was fair slave my Now Uncle Buck never said he was a slave. He never even he never even mentioned the word slave. But well, we suspect he could have been, or probably was. Especially how old he was when he got it. 109. That oral history about Master taking him off the to the war and making him a soldier when he was just a boy. Chronologically speaking, probably was a slave. It was that one pair of slave shackles that intrigued my husband to want to collect more slave shackles and brand lines and other forms of ironware that were used to restrain And sometimes we a lot of pain and oftentimes kill the enslaved Africans that were forced to them. Now you may ask, so why are we share this information with Slavery happened so long ago. Why do we need to know this? Why? Because as I look around this room, it's important to recognize that many of your ancestors were enslaved. Whether you want to believe it, accept it or not. We came from a long line of strong and enduring people who suffered for hundreds of years and were denied freedoms that we take for granted today. Just a freedom to be educated. That's a freedom. Did you know that? you know what they would do to a child if they found out that you could read? Sometimes that. Kill them, rape them. But you know what else they would do? Just to keep them from reading. Yes. Sometimes. If they didn't want you to read, you know what they would do? Mind you. That's how vicious they were. That's how determined they were to keep you away from knowledge. Imagine that. Imagine that. People just put eyes out. Slavery was no joke, young people. Slavery did not happen in a backwood Hollywood lot in Disney, in Hollywood. It's not a Disney experience. Slavery happened, and it happened to people that looked like many of us. Our descendants, our ancestors, we're the descendants, they are our ancestors. We have got to come to terms with this experience, this part of our history. We share this information with you, not to embarrass you or shame you, but to empower you. The information that we give you is going to give you power, as does knowledge. With knowledge, you get what? Power! Power! So I want you to be open-minded and recognize that a price was paid for the freedom that we have today. So let me just get started by sharing with you one of the first shackles that an enslaved African would come. Well, actually, let me start here. They would come early in the morning, five, six, four, three, four o'clock in the morning, raiding villages. And they had guns. Europeans provided complicit Africans. Those Africans who were working for them, they came from the northern part of Africa were called Arab Muslims. They had been trading with the Africans in West and Central Africa for hundreds of years. And they would war with it. Slavery existed in, in Africa even before the Europeans became involved. But it was a different kind of slavery. It was a kind of slavery that if you had a war and you captured a prisoner, they became your slaves. Sometimes you would be able to work off whatever penit you had and be allowed to return to your uh, um, original tribe. Sometimes you assimilate assimilated with the tribe that had enslaved you. Europeans recognized that early on and took advantage of that and made these African leaders believe that if they would give up their captive Africans, they would trade them things that they had never seen before. And I'm going to show you some of the things that they used as currency. So I'm glad Mr. Ragsdale decided to join us. This is Mr. Ragsdale, everybody. I was, <laughs> I was just about to uh, share with them a the fact of what it was like to be a slave. And Mr. Ragdale is going to come forward, and he's going to take over to here. And he's going to describe to you, in no uncertain terms, just what it was like to be a slave. So give him your time and attention. Welcome to Good morning everyone. Good good
2: good. And welcome, welcome, welcome. Good I am the teacher of the Bank to our teacher that's the Black Holocaust Museum. And, and you're welcome. You're welcome to the Black Holocaust Museum. And, and you probably haven't mm-hmm. seen museum like so, this in a while, but our it's okay coming. Coming. Sure. So, stories sure. about saving it, which is now your history code. So therefore we had to go yeah. get. And when I graduated I think back in 19, then what I did was my first job i got my first job and i was a ditch dick before so the humans came to do the digging and they sort a pipe for the plumbers and i would ask the plumber how he did his work because i wanted to uh, very so i wanted to know how he poured the lid that pipe put it down like that and it up like that and he always told me i oh, want you to go give me a sick stretch next thing he told me to go get a uh, a wood stretch next time he told me he said I'm to be able to be on But I really knew that he didn't want to tell me but how bad did I want to know how bad do you want to know what you have to know how bad do you want oh. back in that day I was working for 35 cents an hour and my first pay was $18.75 uh, that was my first pay 40 hours and it might have been 42 or 43 but didn't really keep the hours back then and uh The first thing I did, I went to the pawn shop. I went to the pawn shop, and I took my money, and I bought me a pair of binoculars. I put them in my pocket, and I went back on the job. Two or three weeks later, I was talking to the same gentleman. I said, how do you pour that joint? He said, this is what I want you to do. I want you to go into the building and give me a wood stretcher. I said, I want it. I went up in the building, went around the side of the building, on the fourth floor, took my binoculars, and saw what I wanted to find out. How bad did I want it? I had to pay for it. You want to pay for everything you do. There's no free lunch. Now, when I graduated high school and went from there, I went to the university, I went to university, Temple University for two years. But I went to Temple University for two years, I didn't go as a student. I went as a window cleaner. I went to the window cleaner. windows on the outside. And I saw a professor there teaching black studies. They were teaching black studies. I said, I'm going to learn that. I went in and talked to him. He said, come on in. You can sit down. You can do it. For two years, I gave up my lunch hour to sit in his class and learn what I wanted to know about the history of black folk in this country. That's what it was all about. How bad did I want to know? Another thing it was, I did not know how they got black people here in this country. I didn't know that back in the 50s. I didn't know anything about that. But I wanted to know how bad did I want to know. He told me that I couldn't teach him to teach me. Anymore. He said, what I have to do is go to Africa now. I want to go to Africa. In which in charge with they would let me in and a bunch of other stuff that in my mind. But what it was, 12 years later, I landed in Guinea. I landed in Guinea, and I went right to the University of Guinea to study slavery. That's what I wanted to find out. When I looked at the books about slavery, I wasn't in there. They had no history of me being taken out of Africa or anyone else and brought into the Americas. Everything was in Africa as it is today. Therefore, I still didn't know. I spent three weeks in Guinea. Next thing I went to Sierra Leone. Went to Sierra Leone, went to the University of Sierra Leone, and I stayed there for three weeks looking in their books and talking to professors to find out how they got black people here. What happened? How did get them here? They really didn't know. I went from there to Ghana. When I got in Ghana, I've been there maybe three or four times, and I went to the Cape Coast Castle, which is where they said they kept enslaved Africans. I went down there, and I'm sitting down. I'm really standing around like everyone else. And they they went through. And as they went through, they told me, Rags, look, we got to go. We got to go. Let's get out of here. It's over. You've been here four days. We, we don't know any more than we did before. I said, I want to talk to him. This old black man sitting there. I said, I want to talk to him. They said, you've been here four days. He had not said anything to you all this time. How come? I said, he said, go ahead. You can do what you want to do. So I stayed down in the dungeon with him. This man not saying anything to me at all. He hadn't spoken a word the whole time we were there. Oh, by the way, that's him right there. Is that blackness? That's serious black, right? That's how Africa was me. The The most beautiful black man on the planet. I'm looking at this man. Really, really black. So what I did was that. Now that's in Cape Coast Castle. That's me in the castle. Now, the next thing I did was, I said to him, you speak English? He didn't say anything. Uncle maybe didn't hear. I walked up to him and said, you speak English? He said, you ain't got to holler at me. I heard you the first time. He said, I speak 15 different languages and 12 dialects. What do you want to know? I said, why don't you answer me the first time I want to talk to you? He said, because I have the power to speak what I want to and to whom I please. I said, but he shut me down. Anyhow, he began to tell me. He began to tell me about Africa. He said, I'm going to tell you what's going on. You have to tell him. He began to tell me how the Arabs came down out of North Africa. They came down of North Africa and they were slaving. They were slaves. They would raid the villages in East and West Africa. When they did that, they would gather people up. They raid whole villages. They came down 2,500 strong. When they had guns, you had none. You had none. You don't take a bow and arrow and a spear to a gunfight. That, you're not going to win. The whole concept is to be prepared. Like in your schooling, you have to be prepared. The challenge is there for you, and you can win. You are winners. That's what you are. Next thing they, they come, they shoot down. When they come down, they burn the village. When they burn the village, the fire goes toward the huts. When they go to the huts, everyone comes running out. They usually come running out naked, but what it is, you're standing there. You're a slave. You have a rope. You take that rope and you put it around their neck and you pull it tight. When you pull it tight, it takes you 25 minutes to raid a village of 2,500 people and have them on a road to slavery. The name of the game is money. I will spend $3 for you in Africa if I get you to America. It's $1,200. You are money. That's the concept they have today about you right now. You are money. You have to understand that. Anytime they can go into India and spend three dollars for a pair of sneaks. Take them sneaks and bring them into America for $17 and put them in the black and Puerto Rican neighborhood for two and three hundred dollars. Your money. You see? You have to know what it's all about. That's what you're here for. If we can't get money out of you because you are not educated, we're gonna put you in jail because we will make the money. That's what it is. You have to learn. You got power. Knowledge is power, is that right? Is knowledge power? Yes. Education is the key, is that right? Yes. Knowledge is power, is that right? That's what I'm talking about, and you got plenty of it. Remember that. You're the best of the best, you know that? I'm the best. You're the best of the best, is that right? And you can do whatever you want, is that right? Why? Because knowledge is power, is that right? That's what I'm talking about, you see? Now, what we did was, from there, they gather the people. When they gathered the people up, they have them on the road to slavery. 25 minutes. They raise the village of 2,500 people. Have them on the road to stay. When this is done, you have little children running out. Little children are running out. When they run out to get to their mothers and fathers, they can't get them because they move them along at a fast clip. Money. We got to make the ships. The ships are there. Five days. We got to run. We got 150 miles to go. And we got to run. So we're moving people at a fast clip. Little children come out. When little children come out, what do we do with them? What? You have to kill them, because they serve no purpose. They're too little, so what do they do? When they start screaming, what do you do? You walk back with a gun, and you smash their heads. Is that right? This is slavery and not a Disney project, you see? They don't jump up like they do on a, on a video camera. They don't jump up and start running back again. This is over, this is slavery. Whole village is wiped out. When they leave, there's nothing there but smoke coming out, because they're taking you into slavery. When they get to the first place, First hundred miles, they take and put you in a place, they call a way station. That's really a process station. They're processing you to sell you to someone else. So what they do is this. They take this, which is a branding iron. This branding iron is heated, white hot. Red hot for an animal, but white hot for you. Can you understand that? We will take and put you on your knees. We put you on your knees, we put our foot in the back of the cap of your leg and step on it. and hold you down and bend you back and take this and touch it on to your chest. It'll burn, the dermis, the epidermis, into the muscle, it'll colonize everything and fuse it. There's no bleeding. After that, what we do in, we take palm oil, sulfur, and salt, we rub it in the room. Rub it in the room, we put you in a jail. We put you in that jail, we have you packed in, it takes 20 people, we put 25, 30, 40 people in the same place. It's called, it's called called like, a. Uh, oh, whatever it is, barricoon. it's a jail. It's a barricade. Okay? When they put you in there, you're pressed against each other. That has a covering on it then. In seventy-two hours you're still pressed in, we're feeding you, but throwing water on you and also feeding you. When we throw water on you it keeps you cool, but nonetheless you cannot sit stand. down. You're standing there pressed in until the ships come and we can get you out. What happens is after you're standing there, you lean against each other. and you lean against each other, you rub against each other and that boom opens. When it opens, it loses down everyone back there for you and down back we have 30 or 40 people infected, so we do. We open the gate, and we bring them out and start them on the sand. We land on the sand, and we throw water on it. We throw seawater on them, and you do not survive. We take you by your hands and feet, and we walk you to the edge of the cliff, because we're traveling in the coast road, and we cast you by the edge of the sea. You who stay alive. This is what we do here. We take and put you on this. I'm going to ask you real quick. Answer me real quick. What is this? Quick. Answer It's a chain, it's a chain necklace. Okay. Now, this is a copper, Not a copper I'm sorry. This is a tether. A tether you tie something up with. This is also a leash. What do you use a leash for? Enough. What do you use a leash for? dog. You take this and you put it on this post. This post is six feet tall. You put it on this post and you put this around your ankle and we bend it to conform to your ankle and push the lock down so it doesn't come out. You now tether there like a dog with no clue. We got 25 of you lined up like that. You are tethered there like a dog. This is why I have a problem with the young brothers calling each other dogs in the N-word. I got a problem with that because that's not what you are. You're the best of the best. You call a woman out of her name, don't do that. Always have respect for them. Because they're the best of the best. They keep us in our place and we're the best of the best. Let's travel like that. Let's travel together because we can do it. We can do anything we want. Is that right? That's right. As long as it's right. Is that right? Mm -hmm. You can do it. Put your hands together and we can win anything. Alright? Now, the next thing we do, we take you and put you there. We put you there. We come by and we look at you. There's 25 people lined up. We follow you, do a job on you, feel all over you, look at you, what's been selling you. People buy you. When they buy you, they take you off of this. This is taking off. When they take it off, then what they do, they put this on. This is the middle passage, yeah. That's what this is. They will walk you 50 miles with this on. 50 miles. Then we put you on a stage here. Slave ships are waiting for you, so here we are. When we get you onto that slave ship, we have a priest. Here. That priest will sprinkle holy water on you, so you cannot bring evil spirits aboard that slave ship. And you understand that? That's an oxymoron, right? Okay. Now, the next thing we do is what? We cannot. We the, the ship only holds four hundred and fifty. It's called the Brooks, out of Liverpool, in the seventeen hundreds. Now you have a problem. We have 650 people to put on a ship. Holds 450 people. How are we gonna handle that? On most of the ships, they had them laying down. Remember that? You see them laying down. But see, they have another problem. Because they're only laying down in a 14 foot space, on their backs or on their fronts. So therefore, they can't turn. If they can't turn, they will get pneumonia. Their respiratory system will collapse, and they will die. So then we lose the power. How are we gonna handle that? This is what we do. We'll do this. We'll do this. We're going to build decks. Yeah, I'll see you you for a little bit. Come on, don't be afraid. I'm going to let you go. Okay? Sit right here, real quick. Real quick. Come on, come on. on. All right. Oh, by the way, this is George right here. This is George, so you know. So you know, so now you're not afraid. This is George. He's been here for a while you want to talk to him, you can. He's not going to tell you what you see. All right? He he, he wakes up at night. Now, Now, this is how we have him. Can you put your feet up in this chair? Okay. Put the other one up. Now, you see how he is? We're going to put him on a slave ship like this. The bottom row. We have four abreast. We have four people sitting just like this and 25 forward, that's 100 people in a space thirty centimeters high, four and a half feet wide, okay? The next deck, we'll put the deck up here, do the same thing, 100, 100. That means on this side of the ship, we got 300. On the other side, we got 300. We got 600 people on the ship, we only move 450, and now the ship, we have women and small children. Yes, quickly. What if
3: they tall? Stand up, I can't hear you. What if they
2: tall? Say it again. What if they're, what if
3: they're
2: tall? tall? What if they're what? Tall. tall. They're stuck in that place just being told okay that's what it is we're not we're not, we're not concerned about it. we just get you on the ship okay quickly um, what the
3: you have
2: to stand of? up now what would the ship be?
4: now? would all yeah okay
2: sails now they have they have him like this when they have him like this they have him with his legs open okay listen listen they have him with his legs open like you sit on the gym floor, you have your legs open and have your hands and arms around your knees. And the next person they sit. Let me Now. The next person will sit right here. <laughs> the next person will sit right here because we have we need the room. So we're pushing now. His head is this close to the back of the next man's head. That's how he's sitting, in tight. Now, with that in mind, we have 25 people forward, four brush 100 people down here. We're throwing water on you every every hour, every two hours. We throw sea water on you to keep you cool because down below that is 110 to 120 degrees. Down here, he's shackled. Now, this is shack. This goes on his leg like that. And, you see this? This is how it's done. This goes on George's leg. This bar goes through, and this goes on his leg. Okay? Now, it's done like this. Just like this. Locked down like that. You want George right quick? Like that. Now, he's locked up with George. You got to stand up if you want. Okay? He's locked in with, he's locked in with, you guys in the front, don't have to. He's locked in, he's locked in with George. He can't get out at all. Can you hear me? Yeah. He can't get out at all. He's locked, quiet now, I got you. He's uh he's, he's locked down. He can't get out. When he can't get out, we have someone else locked onto him. Because now, what do we do? what do we do? We take the put. Once we put that lock on, we put this on, and it can't come off. It has a lock on it. It will not come off. Only way it comes off is we take it off. That means if the ship goes down, he shackles down here. Now, another thing we have on him is this. This is on his neck, like this, and his wrist, like that. Now, this, all that's on him. Now, you have... 600 people on board, quiet down. You have 600 people on board with the same manacles on. Now, as this goes, we have him there. We're feeding him. We're feeding him with a long handle spoon because Mother Africa didn't raise no punks. That means he's a warrior. If he is a warrior, then we're afraid of him. We have people down there to feed him. We're coming down to feed you. We have a cart to go down the center. A man in the front with a gun, a man in the back. We're feeding you with a long handle spoon. There are four people that feed. One, two, three, four. As the spoon comes across, we eat off because they have horse beans, a mush, and they heat it. When they heat it, it gets to be thick. So when they dig in it, they can feed you because it won't fall off the spoon. You end are eating it. We put, we put horse beans, we put some kind of vegetables in it that are really look rotten. And we fix up some meat. You are vegetable, you are vegetarian. You do not eat meat as such. We put a lot of pork in it, we make it taste good, and we put molasses in it. Molasses makes it taste good and palatable for you. As we're feeding you this, we are four weeks to get it to the West Indies. The first week, week and a half, with the ship doing like this, your stomach starts turning, is that right? When it starts turning, what are you gonna do? On who? who? One in front of you, right? And you got six hundred people doing that. Okay. Now, as this goes, as this goes, we're still throwing water on you. And also, right here, we have the same thing. We're feeding you. As we feed you, you have to let it out. When you let it out, now you're sitting where? You're sitting in an inch, an inch and a half of human waste. That's what you're sitting in. This is more the slave ship but not a Disney situation. You see one thing. The reason they did not put it in the history books as to how they treated you on those stateships is because you would be in right position all the time and you wouldn't stand for it. You see? If you knew how bad and how hard it was for them to keep you from reading, writing, and understanding anything, you'd be a super, super people. you have to learn what it costs. People paid a heavy price to get here so you could be here. They paid for it. You didn't get in here free. All right? Now, as this happens... As this happens, he's there. As we throw water on you, it runs down through the loose boards. We have three decks. He's pouring down through the loose boards. Everything is running on him. He's saying, there's nothing he can do. When the water hits him, it goes down to the bottom. When it goes down to the bottom, now the one on the bottom is sitting in 11 to 12 inches of human waste. He's actually sitting in a toilet. You see? This is the water slave ship. Now, England about slavery in 1803 and on the high seas in 1807. When they did that, they would send the British men of war out to hunt down the slave ships. And when they did that, the thing, the way they could find them was, he said, the way we could find them was the seagulls, the sharks, and they could smell it for five miles. You see? Now, as this goes, we have rats on board. Rats are annoying on George. George has died. When George died, now you have another problem. You have maggots on board. Is that right? They're all over you. But what you're doing, you're kicking them down, but what you're still shackled to him. This is random. You got water running on a ship, the smell is awful, but you're living in it. There's no ventilation. Now, once that's done, we said we got to get you out of here because now we're getting close to land. We have a week out to get you to the west end we're going to clean you up. So what we begin to do, we begin to take you out. When we're to take them, up, they're going to crack the shackles and bring them down from the top we bring it down for to the top because of the, of the sledge down the bottom of the ship I'm not going down there. So we have black people that a couple in what we're doing. So they will go down there. When they go down there to get you out what they will do is like this. They'll so take the shackles, these shackles and we'll get him up. you step right down Now, remember He's been sitting like that. He's been sitting like that for three weeks. His knees won't move, is that right? His muscles have atrophy. That means we have to take a pattern. When we begin to beat his legs. When we beat his legs, it causes the blood to flow. Now we learn from that that what we should do is let him come up on board and run around and save us all that problem. But we didn't learn that on this trip. We begin to beat his legs. Now we have another tribe that is against him, and they begin to beat his knees. Now he's a cripple. He's of no value to me. We take him out. Now, remember one thing this shackle will not give. When he moves off, George is still shackled to him. George is dead, his body decomposed. When he steps, he pulls George's body apart. He takes a piece of George's body with him in that shackle. What we do then, we pull the shackle off of him up on board. When we pull him up, up on board, we put it in a box, in a barrel. We put it in a barrel, because we're going to re- reuse it. And we walk him up the flight, and he's standing there. He's standing there. Now remember, he has not seen daylight for three weeks, not since we captured of battle. Therefore, his pupils have dilated. That means he has adjusted to it. Now, once he adjusts to the daylight, he can see the beauty of the water. The water is blue and beautiful in the Mediterranean. He can smell fresh air coming in from the West Indies. the birds, something he has not had. What is he going to do? What are you going to do now? You have no shackles on you. What are you going to do? You going to run? But quickly now. Quickly, just answer. Not a dialogue. Just answer. What are you going to do? Run. I can't hear you. Right. You want to shit?
4: I'm killing people. Fight. You want to
2: fight. Okay? Now, you, now wait, wait, now you want to fight. You want to fight. I'm here with a gun. I'm here with a gun. Everybody else with a gun. And we have whips like this. We have whips like this. Okay? Now we have, going quickly. we all
3: work together, will Okay? <laughs> quiet, quiet,
2: quiet, quiet, quiet. Now, the one thing... Quiet now. Now, this is what's going to happen. He wants to jump overboard. But he has not considered that he's 500 miles from home. He's not going to make that one. Okay? Another thing he wants to do, he wants to jump in that water. But meanwhile, I see him. I see him. And I'm his keeper. I That is my product. If he jumps overboard, everybody else is going to start jumping over. I'm going to lose money. I call him. out of buddy. I said... We have a jumper. I take this whip and I swing it. When I swing it, it snaps. It. it goes across his chest and opens his chest up. When it does that, it doesn't make any difference because he wants to be free. How bad does he want to be free? He dives in the water. One thing he has not considered is, they're sharks seven feet below the surface. They're waiting for their feeding, traveling in shipping lanes for two or three hundred years eating sweet meat, which is you, as they throw him aboard. They tell me if the sea would give up the dead in it right now as we sit in this room. You could walk on a bridge eight feet wide by 8,000 miles long that was stretched from the coast of Africa to the coast of South Carolina on the beach boats of black folk that were thrown overboard on the middle passage. Do you understand what I just said? Yeah. Can you understand what I said? Yeah. Blood was pain. Now, he hits the water. When he hits the water, he goes down seven feet, which is his dive, And he turns to come up, he feels the water just Getting in his veins. He feels good. He can make it. Looks up. He's close to the surface. He sees the sun coming through the water. He sees it. And he reaches up to get him, but something grabs him like that. It grabs him like that. He starts screaming, but he's putting in water. It drags him 30 feet this way. When it lets him go, he's in pain and agony. Another one grabs him here. Cuts his stomach out and drags him deep. All he sees is black. The only thing that came to the surface is the blood that he shed to be free. That's all. You see? This is what it's all about. Somebody paid in blood for us to be here today. We didn't get here free. Joe Rags didn't get here free. And neither did you. It's costing every day. Freedom is not free. That's what we're working so hard to get and keep. They tell me there was a song sung by a young brother, and you probably heard his name. His name was Michael Jackson. Remember that? hmm And the song was what? The Man in the Mirror?
3: Yeah.
2: Is that right? And the song said, I'm talking about the man in the mirror. And I'm asking him to change his ways. He said, No message could be any clearer. If you want to make the world a better place, take a look at yourselves. You can make the change. Thank you so much. Thank you.
4: You have a better understanding of just what it was like to be a slave, just what it was like for our people who suffered aboard these slave ships, which were in fact death ships. Those who survived paid the horrible and the most powering price. But we're still here. It's amazing, isn't it? Doesn't that show show you how powerful and how strong we must be? So again, be empowered by the information that we share with you. As you go to the museum, there are a lot of text panels. That you see, where I have uh, done a lot of research and written a lot of the items down. I want you to take time and read them. You're going to learn a lot as you go through this museum. So I'm going to ask you to stand up. follow Mr. Ragsdale as we start the tour. You can leave your bag there. Everything is safe. Put it in the all right?
2: ...with truth that up 8,000-mile quadrants around Africa to keep slavery from moving out. When they would go through, they find large, of black people with their heads cut off. They would not let you live. This right here is Uncle Bub, right here. This Uncle Bub, I'm only going to let you look at this momentarily. This is what we got out of Uncle Bub's talk. This is what we got out of the Bob's truck. He's standing there
1: touching quickly? You Quick. in Okay?
2: This is what we got out of the truck. Y'all calm down. Y'all going to be all right. You won't be all right? These are your brothers and sisters. Y'all got to act like your brothers and sisters. Okay? okay. Everybody got a chance to touch it? This What we goes. This goes. think I think I think I think I This goes. think I think we're gonna, uh, when you come through again, we'll let some other people look at it, okay? Okay. Now, this goes around your neck like this. It goes around your neck like this. This is for a man. And what it does, it goes down near his private. That's what it is, to keep him from running. This ball weighs 15 pounds. Okay? Thank <laughs> All right, going through you guys. All right, going through. Yeah, go through, go through. Now right here, come back you guys. Come back. All right right here? is what we talked about on this wall right here on this wall right here this this is a slave ship you've seen this slave ship 50,000 times before what is the name of this ship? good it's called the Brooks this is the ship we talked about this is how they would do if they would get caught they would throw you overboard you must remember if you did not eat they would knock your teeth out and stick a funnel in it and force feed you they were not going to lose any product over here they put you in close proximity. You did not have the loincloths on. You were naked. Okay, over here. How you? They put up nets to keep you from jumping overboard. This is how they kept you. This is all the fecal material in the low, lower bowels of the ship. All right. Over here. Over here as we move through. Over here. We have, this is transporting enslaved Africans. That's what this is. This is a yoke right here. This is, this is a yoke right here. They're going, this is, this is a Gory Island. They've used these yokes to bring you out of the mountain. They had guns you did not. They had other tribes that were Komaway complicit in capturing other slaves, other people put them into slavery. These are the these are women who they captured. When they captured them, they would go down to the creeks as they passed by and dig down and get out the clay and eat it for sustenance. My mother ate starch, okay? If you look in this case, you'll find that yoke is in this case.
4: It's not. It's a tree branch, young people. It's a yoke, it's called a slave yoke. It's a tree branch. Okay, now this other one, this yoke right here, that goes around your neck,
2: it's right here. This one right here, is also a kind of yoke, right quick. This one right here, I put this. I put this uh, hinge in it because when I take it to schools, I keep losing pieces of it. This right here, it pinched my skin. What happens is the chain here, the chain on the other side. I am hooked to someone else. If I fall down, they continue to move. I could actually lose my head, okay? You can touch it. Just don't try to take it off. Okay? <laughs> you see how it's falling apart? That's why I had to seal it. It'll fall apart. It'll fall apart, it'll fall apart. It's just good. it'll fall apart. I had five of them and they all turned to dust but it was so old, okay? Over here. Over here, right here. You saw this whip. You saw this right here. Yeah. This is this is a uh, this guy's. His name is Gordon. Gordon came through Union lines in 1862. The surgeon general took pictures of his back. That's why you see this is so prominent. It's because they used as propaganda during the Civil War. This is what they would use on you. Okay. This is what they would use. This is what they would use on a woman. If yeah, she did not keep up with her work and her chores.
4: Gwendol? There was a rule that they had that you can no longer, you can only beat a woman with nothing bigger than a man's thumb. You ever heard the term rule of thumb? That's where it came from. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, right here?
2: Step back, baby. This right here? This right here goes on your ankle. Right here, you can touch it. This goes on your ankle. It's a ball and chain for those of you. Yeah, you, you will get a chance to touch it. you see it okay. Touch it real quick. Okay. 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 All right. Step back a little bit. Now, because you could not pay a debt, you will be put on this, on this chain gang like that. And you will be locked down like that, and they will tell you to walk to build bridges, to build walls to move up to and what you will do, you will carry it like this and you will carry it you will carry, like carry it like this you will carry it like this, okay now after you
4: get Mr. Rags, yes, ma'am. could you come here again so we can get the yeah. job
2: uh, you will carry it like this okay you can walk when you carry back. it like this you carry it like this maybe three or four years because you want to chain that you will then be released from that chain gang if you don't die first. When you get off that chain gang, and they let you back into the neighborhood, when you go back into the neighborhood, you'll be walking like this. That's how you walk. We, we picked that up. Remember George Jefferson used to walk like that? We picked that up. That came from slavery. Fast forward to the day. Fast forward to the day. You have young boys in prison, is that right? Yeah. Their pants are hanging down, right?
3: Yeah.
2: What are the children in the street mimicking now? Yeah. The Wait, same thing. That yeah. right? The same thing. My question is this This one right here, this ball here, that one weighs 65, this is 110. This goes around your neck. Okay. Just like this. This goes around your neck. This is like this. Okay?
4: You okay, win this win is another means of whipping.
2: This is a paddle. And my wife, when?
4: Well, you know, a lot of uh, fraternities use paddles to induct their uh, pledges. I tell you, young men, if you go off to college and you decide to join a fraternity, do not allow yourself to be hazed. That is the vestige of slavery. We should not allow anything to be done to us that was learned from slavery. Now that you know better, you do better.
3: Especially Tell you know fraternity.
4: your history. Especially the white fraternity. Hey, and black. any of the black ones. Right. There's a, a um, University of Florida just uh, had a young man go to jail for hazing a guy to death. Oh, yeah, I saw that. Yeah, That's I right. saw that. That's it's right. It's happening more and more if you don't know where to talk. Absolutely. When? Over here. That? Over here are slave tags. Sometimes slave owners would loan you their slaves like out to other plantations. It's a seat over there. And the males, because they would only let loan, them, loan the males out. They would have to travel at night after working all day, and they would have to travel sometimes for miles. And they would have to have a tag or a piece of paper indicating what plantation they belonged to and sometimes the kind of work that they did. It would say servant or laborer, and it would have the uh, uh, plantation name. Now, if you were stopped by white men who were patrolling the, the roads at night, they were called slave patrollers. They were looking for runaways. If you were stopped and you didn't have a tag or a piece of paper, they could beat you up, sometimes kill you, and or sell you back into slavery. Now, compare what happened during slavery with the stop and frisk laws that exist today, where they can stop black and brown men just for walking while black. It's the same thing. It's a vestige of slavery. As I tell you what I told you in the beginning, connect the dots as you go through the museum. Because there's a lot of information that we're sharing with you that is just as pertinent today. Slave auctions. That's where they would sell you. Sometimes they would sell an entire family. The mother, the father, and the children. By a show of hands, which family members do you think they would sell first? The children? How many think the children would be sold first? Okay, that's a good number of hands. All right, put your hands down. How many think the mothers would be sold first? Okay, just a few more. Put your hands down. How many think the fathers would be sold first? Those who raised their hands and said, fathers, you're right. They would always sell the father first. Why? To break up the family. To break up the family. You are absolutely right. To break up the family. When they introduced welfare into the system to help mothers feed their children, they called it mother's assistance. But you know what they told the mothers? You can't have a husband. Get rid of your man. Families started falling apart from that point on. In Africa, families were very, very important. They did everything to stay together. It, you weren't even allowed to be married during slavery. We wanted nothing more to be married th- than to be together. Slavery interrupted that family existence. And look at what's happening to our families today. With so many mis- missing fathers, fathers who couldn't, who couldn't do anything to help their their children, who had to stand by as their wives, their wife and children were molested or their sons beaten right in front of them. He just left. He became an alcoholic. He became a drug user because he just couldn't stand it. He had to find a way to medicate himself. So understand, slavery is still impacting our families today. We talked about brandings. Sometimes a slave would have three or four brandings in their lifetime because every time you were sold, you had to get another a brand because that showed the mark of ownership. All right. Today, we have many blacks and some whites who actually voluntarily have themselves branded. But when you know better, you do better. And you should know better now. We also have permanent tattoos. A lot of young people are into tattoos. This is a picture of a young girl. She was 16 years old. I hit her face because I didn't have her permission, but I was so intrigued by that big tattoo that she had on her chest. I went and asked her what it was, and she said it was her baby's daddy's name. So I said... So, did you get married? She said, No, we're not even together anymore. I said, But you're going to have this mark on your body for the rest of your life. That you're going to get a cover up, probably. 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 But I just tell you to understand these things had to happen during slavery. When you know better, you do better. All right? Here. This is plantation life. This is where we made a way out of no way. Sundays was the only day off that slaves had. And they had to find that they had to use that one day to do what their personal needs were, washing their clothes, doing their hair, or whatever else. Also on Sundays, the slave master that had children by his slave women, he would send they would send the wives of the white wives away. And the white wives would have tea. And the master would sit on the porch with his biracial babies, and they called them porch monkeys. They would call these children porch monkeys. They would say, look at Massa sitting on the porch with his porch monkeys. That's where the term came from. This is what a typical slave cabin looked like. This is what a typical slave cabin looked like on a well-to-do plantation. They had cement slave cabins made out of limestone, sand, and seashells. In this case here is a picture of Mr. Ragsdale picking up that rock from a former plantation That was owned by Reynolds Aluminum Company, St. Simon's Island, uh, uh, Georgia. And that's him picking up what was left of the slave cabins. So again, slavery was cruel and was constant. It never stopped. I'm going to ask you to follow me in here and watch your step. This is a little step up here. All right?
3: Just face me. Just come in and face me. Turn the big light.
4: Uh, no. that's good Come on, everybody you can gather around the case the there. On. So I want to make sure everybody's they in so before on. I get started. They, they don't they don't talk. Talk. Okay. Is everybody in? Come on in. Hello. On this wall are images of black men and a woman who were lynched, burned to death, beaten, castrated, during and post-slavery. These images were taken, and many of them were turned into postcards that Northerners would buy, and they would send to their family and friends in the North. Here's a postcard that reads, inscribed in ink. This is the barbecue we had last night. My picture is to the left your son Joe that's Joe all the way over you the left. that's his handwriting it's fading away now that's a man that was burned to death a black man that was burned to death and that's just his body uh, hanging there they would actually sell portions of their body like a toe or a charred fingers or a charred heart they would sell them as souvenirs here you see this man was lynched did you notice his pants are pulled down that indicates that he was castrated. Do you know what castrated is? No, 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 no. And they would cut your testicles off. And many of them would use them as chunks and then would carry them around in their pockets and show their friends. This is the uh, man who was castrated, man, castrated. All right? like, the black man castrated. Alright? Like a rabbit, like a little This man had been hung the night before, but when they came the next day in the morning, they realized that he was he was not dead and he was trying to get out of the noose and he just they just riddled his body with bullets. And left him hanging there. See this woman here? Her son, who was here, was chased home, he was fifteen years old. He was chased home by an angry mob who accused him of stealing meat from the store earlier that day, when in fact he had been with her. She dared to fight these men off. They took her and her son down to a bridge. She had just had a baby three months ago. They repeatedly raped her, made her watch as they castrated her son. You see his pants are pulled down? And lynched him then they lynched her this is him and that's her hanging from the bridge when asked if there were any witnesses they were told that there were no witnesses and look at all these men aboard that bridge this is smoke from these men that were burned to death alright that's just the smoke leading from it now look at these pictures I'm sure everybody knows who this is and what was Trayvon doing when he was killed
3: there was nothing wrong
4: right and he was shot by George Zimmerman, right? Did you hear about Chavis Carter? Chavis Carter was walking down the street with his friends. He was stopped by the cops. His friends were told to go on. They handcuffed him behind his back. They said they checked him twice, put him in the back seat of the uh, police car. While they were writing up the report, they said they heard a gunshot. They must have overlooked the gun because he shot himself in the temple. Imagine him doing that with his hands handcuffed behind his back. His case, the the cops were were exonerated. You heard about the four little girls in Birmingham, Alabama, who were bombed in the church. That happened in the sixties. You heard about Emmett Till, who was reportedly uh uh um uh, uh, they said he uh, reportedly whistled at a white woman. His he was visiting his uncle in Mississippi. But he was from Chicago. His mother was so horrified by the way he looked, she demanded that they have an open casket so the world could see how they mutilated her son. All of these things were done in your lifetime. In your lifetime. So you can't turn away from this and say it's over because it's not, because it's still happening. All of these things were done at the hands of others. You see these nooses here? You've been burned. This is what they used to lynch black men, mostly. There were some white black women who were lynched, but mostly black men. I have an interesting story I'll tell you real quick about this one. My husband and I were visiting a courthouse in. Charlotte, North Carolina and I noticed that this noose was hanging over in the corner and I didn't think my husband saw it because oh. he didn't act like he saw it so I punched him and he said, shh, don't say anything so I was waiting for the uh, uh, guy to say something about this noose that was just hanging there and she never did so later on, uh, we were driving I should have known something was wrong because he had me driving and I noticed that we were near that courthouse where I had seen this hanging earlier he said, slow down it was getting evening. It was almost getting dark. He said, slow down, but keep the car running. He jumped out the car and ran into the courthouse. All of a sudden, I heard him coming back, and he said, pop the trunk, pop the trunk. I popped the trunk, and he threw something in there. He jumped in, in, the, in the passenger seat. He said, now drive, drive. I said, oh, my God, Joe, you cut that noose down, didn't you? He said, Yes, I did. They won't use this as a form of intimidation anymore. That's the only reason it was hanging there, as a form of intimidation, to remind black people that what has nothing has changed. They can still uh, hang you if they want to. That robe there, I'm sure all of you know what that robe is. Who wore that robe? Ku Klux Klan. The Ku Klux Klan Klan wreaked havoc in black communities, and it's important to recognize that they they didn't just hate just blacks they hated Catholics and Jews They only wanted white Anglo-Saxon Protestants, those were the only ones who they thought belonged here in America a white man gave that to us a white man whose great grandfather actually was a devout member of the Ku Klux Klan he was so ashamed of his family's history that he kept it hidden in an attic in a box he gave it to me, he said do you accept donations and I said yes, I pointed to our donation box he said no, I want to donate something to your museum So he came back with this box tied up in old newspapers and old uh, twine. And he said, gave me an envelope and had on there. Do not open until you get home. Of course, as soon as I gave my husband the envelope, he ripped it open and read it. And he said, my grandfather was a devout member of the Ku Klux Klan. I want to give you this robe and and his application. And please make your people understand that not all white people feel like this. And we know that not all white people are bad, no more than all black people are good. Because good and evil comes in all colors. His grandfather was one of the people who was responsible for castrating the men. And if you look at the bottom of that room, you'll see uh, droplets of blood there at the bottom. Not all of these things happened in the South. Right there where Mr. Ragsdale was standing, he's pointing out a picture of a man who was burned to death. That happened in a place called Coatesville, Pennsylvania, just a few miles outside of Philadelphia. It happened in 1911. The man came to town looking for work. An angry mob stopped him and accused him of killing the sheriff. The deputy tried to explain to the white mob that the sheriff was on a fishing trip. They refused to believe him. The deputy tried to save his life by putting him in a cell and chaining him, handcuffing him to the bedpost. They beat up, beat up the deputy, broke into the jail, dragged the man out, and took him to the center of town where they had built this huge fire. When they initially threw him in the fire, miraculously he jumped out and tried to escape over a nearby fence. But the bedpost, because they were still attached to him, prevented him from doing so. They pulled him down and held him down in the fire until his screams were enveloped in flames. Again, that happened in 1911. His great-granddaughter has visited our museum, and there's a marker on the streets today that shows where that happened. Again, all of these things were done at the hands of others. I'm going to have Mr. Ragsdale turn the lights up I'm going to have you move towards the rear of this room. Just walk forward. Keep walking. Keep walking. I want you to take notice. These are obituaries of young black men and women who were killed, not by the Ku Klux Klan, not by others, but by brothers. The self-hatred that we were taught during slavery has become self-hating. Today, we can pick up a gun and kill each other at an alarming rate. We've already surpassed the numbers of deaths done at the hands of others. We are killing each other to the point where we have more men in jail and in prison than we have in college. That's a disgrace. We must learn from the lessons of slavery, lest we forget. I want you to look at the birth dates and the death dates on those obituaries and recognize that many of these young men and women were, were shot down and killed in the prime of their lives some of them are our own family members you may have had some family members or friends who are, who, are, who are gone as a result of gun violence it's too much, it must stop we have to learn the lessons of slavery young people, we can no longer afford to allow these things to repeat itself so I've asked you to pay attention, connect the dots You're on your way to doing the right thing because you're in a school where you're getting a good education. Education is the key. And knowledge is what? Power. Knowledge is what? Power. Knowledge is what? Power. Power. And when you know better, you do better. You have the power. Now move forward and do something with that power. Thank you very much for your time and attention. Thank you very much. I'm going to give you an opportunity to go back through. If there's anything that you missed, feel free to look at it. And do any of you like hip hop? Yes. I got a nice hip hop video i want to show you real quick. It's only eight minutes long. It's a camera, how many
0: Say, spell your name for. What i to
1: Say, spell your name for. Mr. Teller, uh, T A Y L O R. Um, this is extremely important for our black students. to you know their history. You know what happened in the past. Where it, where they come from. In order to move on and progress in life. Mm-hmm. So us coming here, getting a instant. I mean, a little drop of knowledge about things that happened in the past. Uh, the shackles. The, the way they were packed in boats. Um, really helps them understand how things are now and how they can progress in the future
0: Okay, Okay, we're speaking with Gwen Ragsdale she's the co-founder and co-curator of the Lest We Forget Slavery Museum you just heard uh, their presentation to the uh, Civics, Mathematics, Mathematics and Science Charter School and they've been doing this for over oh, well, what 30 years right easily
4: yeah, yeah. Um, so tell us where you're located we're located 3650 richmond street in the port richmond section of philadelphia we're located just off of castor and richmond streets we're very easy to get to just 10 minutes above center city right off of i-95 north and allegheny avenue All Right
0: now This is your building, you've been working on it, you've done most of the, uh, fortunately your husband is a contractor, so you've done a lot of the work yourself. Everything
4: himself, exactly. Uh, You
0: have literally thousands of exhibits, many of which aren't even on display.
4: Exactly, artifacts.
0: Uh, Yeah, Um, so how can people be supportive of what you're doing? Because you're one of the few uh, museums of its kind, not only do you have a location, but you go out and travel, you've traveled all over the world all
4: over the world quite frankly we've been as far away as uh, Bermuda in the Caribbean with our collection and have an invitation to uh, go to Brazil Um, but our museum is open by appointment we're open daily 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. but as I said you have to make an appointment um, because we are do our traveling exhibits and we're not always in town so if you're interested in visiting us just give us a call our phone number is 215-205-4324 you can call or text or you can go right on our, our website and book a tour. Our website address is LWF for Forget, S for Slavery, M for Museum.com. That's LWFSM.com. And you can book a tour right on our website.
0: Now, does your
4: website have
0: e-commerce in case people want to make a donation? Absolutely. Because you don't get any federal funding, you, get you don't no get any city funding, no, fund, fund, no state none, money on it. None, none, none. And... Correct me if I'm wrong. Most of your history, you were doing this out of your own. You're paying for it out on of our your own. own
4: pocket, which we've been doing since we started in, ni- in uh, the 90s. The museum has been here since 2002, but we've been going around with our uh, traveling exhibits since the since the 90s. But yes, we do have e-commerce on our website, and you can go and make uh, donations, and we certainly appreciate it because, quite frankly, if we don't get donations, and if we don't get the support of the community, we may not be here because it's very difficult to maintain this building. We have a new uh, program that we're starting where we have a tunnel of remembrance that my husband is building where we're asking people to purchase a brick to uh, have their loved one's name engraved on the brick, and it'll be a part of the uh, tunnel of remembrance. So if you want to uh, help us that way, you can also do that through our website as well.
0: How can people book you on a tour? Because the first time I saw you was at the family reunion conference yes. at Temple University yes. years and years ago. Exactly. So, how can people book a, uh, for you to come out and be traveling?
4: Again, just give us a call, 215 205 4324, or send us an, inf- an uh, email, info at LWF is in forget, S as in slavery, com. Okay. Now you're a filmmaker. You're an author on, on the on the
0: side, so you are busy. Uh, one of the things that troubles me is that you get most of your bookings in February and March. Correct. So I would encourage people to throughout book the year throughout the year because
4: this is not about Black history. This is American history. Well, it's world history. Really. It's world history. You can't talk about slavery and just designate it to to 28 days out of the year. This is world history, and it's something that we should discuss and want to know about. 365 days a year and that's why we do it 365 Mm -hmm. days a year
0: what um, about your books and your films how can people get uh, again
4: you uh, can go to our website LWFSM and go to our products Um, we have two films two award-winning films the first one is called Lest We Forget which features myself and my husband he talks about how the shackles were utilized I talk about the Jim Crow period and the importance of bringing our families back together We won the uh, HBO Martha's Vineyard Best Documentary Award for that film. The other film is called My Slave Sister Myself, where I pay homage to the uh, enslaved sisters that came through the Middle Passage, and I compare them with feelings that that, uh, uh, black women have today. And it also shows how black manhood was uh, diminished even before leaving Mm -hmm. the shores of Mm -hmm. Africa. Mm -hmm. And we won the uh, New York and Toronto Film Festival for that uh, Mm -hmm. film.
0: I like how you brought history up and explained how aid to dependent children and welfare was used to break up the family. Because most people think that that's just something that happened no, on no. its own.
4: It was done by design. Right. That, that the, uh, uh, the destruction of the black family was done by design. Africans and African Americans have always been a very familial people. We want to be together with our wives and our children. But because black men weren't even allowed to get a job and the women were given welfare that caused an erosion in the psyche of the female. She started blaming the man. The man blamed her. They blamed each other and just started separating. Mm. And the children now, we have so many uh, single-parent households. We need our families to come together because it takes a, a father and a mother to mm. well raise, mm. to, to raise well-rounded right. children.
0: Right. And also, uh, there are exhibits and d- displays and you connect the dots about slavery uh, sharecropping, tenant farming the prison and uh, convict industrial. leasing mm-hmm. and Absolutely. now the uh, uh, prison industrial complex
4: right, in addition to our uh, uh, exhibits we have con- uh, 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 contextual panels that I have researched and written that uh, are associated with all of our exhibits that you we encourage people to come in and read the text panels because you can learn so much and you can Readily understand how many of these things were done by design. We also have our little known Black History fact booklet, which has 25 documents and includes the origin of the N word, where the word cracker came from, picnic, how our babies were used Mm. as alligator Mm. bait, the Willie Lynch letter, and other uh, uh, other uh, contemporary items. So that is also available on our website for ten dollars, and our DVDs are twenty dollars. Okay. All
0: right. I know you're busy, so thank you. Thank you. (laughs) And we thank our guest, Joe and Gwen Ragsdale, for the invitation to the Less We Forget Slavery Museum located at 3650 Richmond Street in Philadelphia. For more information, you can go to their website, www.lwfsm.com. That's www.lwfsm.com and to email them lest we forget museum at yahoo.com and also you can call them at area code 215-397-6060 and they also have a traveling exhibit that they've traveled around the world uh, exhibiting and, and showing so again the phone number is 215 215- 397 0 And that's about it for this program. So until next time, this is Junius Ricardo Stanton reminding you to engage in mental decolonization. Free your mind, the rest will follow. Stay strong.
1: space is the place.
0: You've been listening to the Cyberspace Sanctuary, a safe house for your mind on the Blake Radio Network with Junius Ricardo Stanton. Thank you for logging on. We invite you to tune in again and engage in mental decolonization. Free your mind, the rest will
1: follow. That no corporation incorporates, no denomination's faith dominates, and no court is going to try it.